In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. It increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. You're driving down the road, and suddenly you see a sign attached to a building. It reads, Psychic. Palm reading here. It's an easy enough concept to grasp, right? Someone tries to ascertain information based upon viewing your hands. Well, this practice also took place at the time of Jeremiah, which is our first reading at Mass this weekend. Yet rather than reading palms, soothsayers and diviners would attempt to gain godlike knowledge through the reading of entrails. Yes, you heard that right. People would look at intestines and innards of sacrificed animals, such as sheep or goats, and from there give interpretations. If you think it sounds silly, hey, is there a vast difference between reading a palm and reading an intestine? Okay, maybe there is, but you're probably thinking, Father, where are you going with all this? Well, in our first reading, Jeremiah is describing a new covenant that God is making with his people. This covenant will not be like the covenant he made with their fathers. No, this covenant will be internal. God says, I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. Now, when we hear this, we can easily imagine how God has spiritually written his law on our hearts. But for the average Jew living in Jeremiah's time, they likely would have taken this literally. The law was written on their hearts, just as other information could be written on other organs. Our second reading is taken from the letter to the Hebrews. And like we saw last week with the passage from Ephesians, it has a hymnic quality to it. It could even have been perhaps an ancient Christian hymn. How do we know this? Common Greek literature at the time would praise some person or God by starting a poem with the relative pronoun, who. We see this in the famous hymn of Philippians. Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God. It'd be like if I wanted to praise Tom Brady with a hymn for bringing a Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. I would say, Tom Brady, who, although advanced in years, still wanted to play, yada yada, Seeing this who would indicate a hymn. Our translation at Mass, because it's the start of the excerpt, doesn't include this introductory who. But if you look at the original Greek, verse 7, where our reading starts, begins with a big old relative pronoun, who. It literally reads something like, who in the days of the flesh offered prayers and supplications. Speaking of which, that Jesus is highlighted as offering up prayers and supplications is intentionally priestly. It's a cultic term that links back to the first verse of the same chapter. Every high priest is taken from among men and made their representative before God to offer gifts and sacrifices. The author's parallel is this. Jesus, the high priest, offers prayers and supplications as a priest at the temple would offer animal sacrifices. Rounding out our look at the second reading, there's actually a rhyme in verse 8. There we have, He learned obedience from what he suffered. The words learned and suffered rhyme in Greek. Take a listen. Emethen and epithen. In these two words, to learn and to suffer, were commonly joined together as a popular wordplay at the time. Something like, to learn is to suffer, and to suffer is to learn. Emethen, epithen. Epithen, emethen. Our excerpt from the Gospel of John begins with verse 20. But it's a shame that it doesn't begin with verse 19, because the scene is really like something straight from a movie. In verse 19, just before our gospel begins, the Pharisees say to one another, Look, the whole world has gone after him. And then immediately after this, we read, Now there were some Greeks among those who had come up to worship at the feast. 
The opening line of this weekend's gospel is proving the Pharisee's point. It really seems as though the whole world is going after him, Greeks included. Since we're in John's gospel, recall what happens in the first chapter. Philip and Andrew are called by Jesus to be his disciples. Now, intentionally, they appear again as these Greeks feel a call to follow Jesus. And it's likely these Greeks approached Andrew and Philip about seeing Jesus because Andrew and Philip are both Greek names, and they would have felt more comfortable approaching them. Lastly, just as we saw last week, there's a double meaning to the word lifted up here. Jesus says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. As a reminder, this word lifted up can mean both physically lifted up, which Jesus will be on the cross, but it can also mean exalted, which Jesus also will be paradoxically on the cross. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Sunday, the fifth Sunday in Lent of year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.